You're listening to Red Nation Online. Hey, Eastside Stand Up listener. As always, we appreciate you downloading the podcast and want to ask you a quick favor. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you checked out rednationonline.ca. Added us on Twitter at rednationonline. Give us the thumbs up on Facebook as well as iTunes. Any or all of those would be awesome. Thanks so much and enjoy another episode of Eastside Stand Up. So setting this one in. Saturday, June 15th, it's Andre Zadorozny, and I'm Ian Clark, and we're back from the football factory in Toronto FC's 2-1 win, win, over DC United. You heard that right, Topes win. A 40th minute, Daniel Willard own goal was enough to see the Reds through for their first win since the second game of the season. It wasn't glorious, but a win is a win, and a huge monkey off the back of Ryan Nelson. We discussed the dire state of two teams Kevin Payne has had his hands on, the game at hand and bid adieu to one of our faves, Air Terry. All in the next 40 minutes on Eastside Stand Up. Second, the second episode we've had in uh, Stanley Park Studios. Isn't it nice? Andre. And uh, pretty warm out. Um, I gotta be honest, I'm a little worried about the skunk factor tonight. No, the you first time we too did much. it, first time we did it, it was kind of cool out. I think the skunks were still hiding wherever they hide, but now <laughs> so it's a balmy, Some mythical land, a balmy, called... mild, uh, you know, 20 degrees, yeah. perfect weather for the skunks to be uh, sniffing around this. Field, to so. me, it's the bugs. The bugs in this park. Yeah, the bugs are bad too, actually. They stink. That's two things. But you know what? I think tonight we can put that aside. I think I can sleep well tonight. Yes, finally. 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 I know. First time awful since, nightmares I've been having. For the first time since the second week of March, uh, we can wow. go to bed on a Saturday night happy as Toronto FC have defeated DC United 2-1. to one and, arch foes and we were walking, at the bottom of the table. We were walking back from the game and... Uh, you know, you were saying you should be really happy. You, you got this one right. <laughs> you did and it. You know what? You did I, it. Yay. Obviously, yeah. I mean, I got it right. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. What am I gonna say about that? But did we call it tepid or timid? Or it was I, I used both words. I meant to say uh, a tepid. Uh, I meant to say a. They said timid, but I think it's a no tepid victory and a t- and both. Let's fucking. It's both. Yeah. It's a timid victory because you kind of we don't want to be too brouhaha about like about this win, but it's because we're we're happy, but we're not entirely happy. I mean, who can really be as a TFC supporter? Yeah, because the thing was that I was sort of saying with it was like you know if we'd won four nil, yeah, I think there would be cause mm-hmm. for back padding and beer drinking and sort of like, like we're wow, we're on the upswing. This was a huge breakthrough, yeah. but it was more of I think a result that reflected two teams mm-hmm. that are doing quite poorly in the yeah. table. I mean, DC were, came as advertised. Everything that you looked into how their season's gone, I mean, they delivered on it. Yeah. And Toronto as well, where it's just, yes, we won 2-1, to one, but it was on an own goal. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't through, quite like the game we saw last week, where it was through possession, 
and through some some great sort of like linking up with Osorio and Earnshaw and great build up and it like looked good even though we didn't come away with the win. So that's sort of something where that's what I'm looking at this game. But a win on the road. And what else can you ask for? It's another game that Toronto really, really, really should have won by more goals. And again, we saw that last week against Philadelphia. And they are definitely on the upswing. Um, both games, if we if, if we were we're, lo- we're looking back, if we're looking back at the back-to-back games, Philadelphia and DC, and um, forgetting the last few games before that, I mean, the game, the team has progressed, and maybe some decisions that Nelson. Eh, we're talking about changes near the end of that game, but rather than jump ahead, but you know, as a whole, as a general whole, we can look start this podcast saying that the team is actually playing better in all aspects of the game. Yeah, and I think the one of the important things is again you mentioned these two games where it's they might not be at a point where they're able to compete mid-table or top table but maybe they can get a win when they're supposed to get a win Mm -hmm. so at the bare minimum yeah when they play dc or chivas which i'm not sure if we even have a game against chivas this year i don't think we have one at home that's for sure we might have one on the road there's a good chance for a result there but are they at the point where when we go to houston next week What's going to happen in that case? I'm right. not. I'm still not convinced. That's the thing. But I think the team can actually go up there and compete, and I think that's all we want. I mean, as a season, as another write-off season is, and I, I've professed my love for playoffs. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to be the end. You laugh. Optimist. You laugh. I laugh, but I actually deep I'm down. I'm gonna put a soundtrack in this yeah, time. They, I, I mean, the team is on, I guess, 11 points now. Yeah. So we do have. A cause for optimism, and, and and it is a write-off season. So, winning games. If we start going on a string of wins and we progress gradually, yeah, getting points against Houston, getting points against Harder. I mean, that's what they were kind of doing when Nelson came in, and in the beginning of the season, we had cause for optimism. Then they just kind of stopped winning all of a sudden. So, yeah, and I think, I think we'll go through as we go through the podcast. We might touch on things like that because one of the reasons I think that the results sort of a turn was that he started tinkering and messing with the, the lineup. Right. I think we saw a consistent lineup through the first month that with you have like uh, Caleb and OD at the back, Dunfield and Hall in the front, Eckersley was healthy. I think some of that contributed to those results at the beginning of the season. And, and then once, you know, one or two sort of slipped through their fingers, he started moving things around, changing things up, and uh, any kind of cohesiveness that was built through the preseason was gone. Mm-hmm. But let's... Let's sort of like circle into the game. I want to talk about because there is there's a lot of backstory on this game. I thought that was really interesting. And even though it's just like wow, two of the shittiest teams in the league, there is a story mm-hmm. at hand with this with this game. I mean, Corey, you can't not talk about the fact that this is Kevin Payne. Yeah. You know, he leaves DC, the state that DC is in this year after a great season last year. Kevin Payne pieces out, and the team goes to shit. Yeah. And comes to Toronto, they're struggling. Ryan Nelson as well, who played for DC, won an MLS Cup with them back in at RFK Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, something it, to prove. Yeah, and there's so there's something. It's, didn't didn't want to dress up for this one. We no. Know, we, <laughs> wow. I mean, I've. What happened to I the mean, I'm, I'm Slavic. I'm Slavic in background, so I've seen my share of tracksuits. <laughs> And I will tell you, I mean, he started the season. He started the season. He was wearing the sweater vest, the tie. He looked sharp. The New Zealand colors. We loved it. 
Now he's just like, ah, oh, you know what? I'm stressed. I have no time to pick my clothes. I don't know if he's married or not or whatever. It doesn't matter. He like he's got he's just alone. It seems like he's alone. And, if I but, if I didn't know any we, better, I thought this game would have been at Sunday afternoon we, at 5 p.m. He looked like a high school coach. But I will tell you this: everybody was wearing the same outfit. Did you notice that? They were all wearing the white top and the track pants. It was like, hey, you know, guys, solidarity and looking like crap. <laughs> we're here to win a game. We're not here to win a fashion contest. Yeah. That's what it seemed like. Well, and they won a game. You know, yeah, they, they won a game. They did win the I game. thought Preki was back. Maybe he's back. He's got a job with with the MLSE, and he's just like dressing fashion everybody. <laughs> you know, yeah. again, what are you guys talking about? I'm trying to do my best. These are great. My best Al Pacino impression there with, uh, with Preki. Uh, Hua. Hua. Yeah. You know, he just call everybody an asshole and then move on. Yeah. Um, but you know, talking about going into this game. TFC, DC United, uh, bottom of the barrel. And that sort of, you know, I want to maybe rationalize what we were thinking or what I was thinking going into this game. And you look at DC, who last year, they, you know, they had, D. Rosario, of course, has had a, had a great 2011, had a pretty good 2012, especially the Chris Pontius as well, had a breakout. Mm-hmm. Like, he's been good every year, but last year especially, you could say he had a breakout year. Nick DeLeon had a great, great rookie year for them as well. The back line, McDonald and, and um, Dayan Jakovic, they look solid. And this year, it's like, Pontius has no goals. I'm not mistaken. I think Di Rosario only has one. Uh, but coming into this game, they no, had... No, that the, was the second. Yeah, two now, because that penalty kick was the second. Yeah, and then they had the midweek game against Philadelphia. But he's also year. been injured. Yes, he's been on and off, and he's been benched quite a bit. Yeah. And they had a midweek game against Philadelphia, and Di Rosario scores a hat trick. Yeah. So, you know, I'm starting to start. Which was technically a cup game. Yeah. So you, you don't know how serious. Even though it looked like Philadelphia put out a strong team, I yeah. wasn't sure how seriously the players might have been taking it and how much effort they're going to put in that game with the game sure. on the weekend. But uh, the one thing that I was, you know, that obviously drew concern. And then you look at Toronto FC, and in midweek it was coming out that OD might not be playing because he was sick. And you're looking at uh, Daniel Henry goes down to two yellow cards. And then you're sort of left with, well, what's what's going to happen right. next? Are you going to have uh, Caldwell, Odeeb, Morgan on the flank, and Richter? And then you, you can't help but look at that and say, geez, like our, our two fullback position could be a bit dicey. Mm-hmm. And against uh, DC United, where Piero Rosario kind of had a breakout game, that's what I saw as a potential weakness, a potential problem for Toronto FC. Right. I mean, we have talked about the defense, the defense numerous occasions, and that's consistently being reshuffled. I mean, uh, I can't pronounce his last Abbasimonde. name. Abbasimonde comes out, and, and, you know, he had a good game. He had a good game, and OD, we've talked about him being on left back. I put out that theory that we, I mean, it was a good conversation. We talked about, I talked about how the, if you're a defender, you should probably be adept at playing all positions in the back because you're not going to, you're playing 90 minutes, right? And you're, you have to be tactically aware and technically aware in all situations. And you, you made a good point about headers on the ball and the left and the right backs tend to have more, more 1v1. to do, 1v1 stuff. So that being said, OD didn't necessarily play poorly in the back line. Actually, I thought he played pretty well. At at the same time, uh, all the defenders played fairly well. And I mean, we can talk about the penalty kick in a second, but that just goes to show that they are tracking back, they are making the effort, and they're not playing poorly. And I think I'm hoping that we'll see this actually form the back to stick around for a few games. Well, that's the one thing that you know we've mentioned it before. We'll mention it again through this podcast, and you're just talking about consistency. Yeah. Through the roster and, and getting the same, roughly the same guys 
week in, week out on the pitch. And that's, I just don't think we're ever going to see consistent results unless we start seeing you know, a consistent starting 11. Yeah. So, or at least a majority of them starting. Through new, if a new person comes in, etc., working to increase the, the quality. Exactly. And if you have the same eight or nine players playing, I think that's a good thing. Yes. Uh, and so let's go into the game now, Andre. Let's look at how this happened because there was, even in the match, I mean, the first half, it was an exciting first half. All the goals were scored then, for yeah, example. That's but, right. But none of these goals were scored without maybe a little bit of controversy mm-hmm. or a little bit of something that went on. Well, refereeing. That, yeah, that was that's from from whistle one. That was an issue, non calls, missed calls, ridiculous calls, and that led up to the first goal. Yeah, and it's it's I don't want to say it gets it's boring, but it's just it's not boring. It's, it's, it's tough. Just it's just agonizing. Yeah, that every week it's something that we have to bring up that we're just like watching this game and we're seeing two calls pretty early on. You know what was it? Oh, the first one we noted. I think it was at the eleventh minute. Di Rosario goes up with a high boot on Lava. Yes, and he just kind of waves it through, and you're nothing, like, nothing, nothing, nothing. High it, boot, and that wasn't just like an incidental high boot. That was a, he came in running, leg outstretched for that ball. Yeah, so a good I, two feet, and nothing. And you know what I want to say to wealth jumping in, but we saw at the end of the game, Daryl Russell goes in with a beautiful tackle. Mm-hmm. And gets a straight second in the second for one. Yeah, yeah. That, you know what I mean. That, oh yeah. Sure, it was a bit rough, but I don't see in the grand scheme of things no. how really no. those were two different. Full terms contact of on the ball. Maybe he was a little rash going in, but it wasn't a two-footed challenge. We yeah. saw that that left leg was curved away, and he got full on ball. So it was a hard. It was a hard tackle, but it wasn't a yellow card offense. No yeah. way. But in the early going, even with that card, we saw some good play from Tron, mm-hmm. and we saw that I think they were carrying over a little bit of confidence from the from the week before. Yeah. Um, the most noticeable one was just actually just after that. We saw that nice play with Osorio slotted in a nice one to Robert Earnshaw, mm-hmm. who I guess, I guess you know, at RFK Stadium, former home of the Washington Redskins, that would have been three points. <laughs> would have been three points, I suppose. You could have called it. Imagine the, how nice would arms, that be? I'm putting my, both my yeah, arms up here yeah. to signal field goal. Yeah. Uh, he got plenty of loft. That the one, that's the one he called for, right? Yeah, plenty of loft. Straight oh, down the pipe. Ridiculous. And uh, Calling for the ball and then hoofing it away. Yeah. You call for the ball, that means you have it under control. Yeah, you got to make it happen. And that's- he did. But that, we were talking about Earnshaw. I mean, you had Earnshaw. We were saying that Earnshaw was kind of playing by himself. I mean, it looked like we're trying to get Earnshaw and Silva together, two up front, right? But that's not how they were playing. I mean, Earnshaw was by himself the whole time again. And that's not really working. It worked, though. It does work. We'll see later in in. A, in a, in, a, in, in a way that Toronto doesn't always play, right? Both those goals, yeah, right? But Earnshaw in the, in the early stages was playing too far up or playing to, as, the, as the striker. And he's, he's not tall enough. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. He's not tall enough. He's not strong enough on the ball, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, he, he really he would... should be playing partnered up with somebody like Silva, who's fast on the ball and can shoot. But I, wanna, I think we should give him credit. Like, I mean, considering his size, he was battling with McDonald oh, yeah. all yeah, day yeah. long. And, and yeah. I would say pretty much standing toe to toe, considering McDonald was what like I think they said six one or six. But there's a reason why Danny Cooperman's plays that position much better than than, than Earnshaw and would has scored more. Was, I mean, obviously he's been injured for a long time and Earnshaw hasn't been playing with Toronto that much. But I think if we look at the statistic, Earnshaw have scored more. Has scored what six goals now? Seven goals? Six. And, six. And most of them have been through PKs. Right and yeah. not through the, through play, whereas Kuvermans is scoring mo- many of his goals, if not all of his goals, through the through the state of play, through playing yeah. that position. I think now we can. I think if I'm not mistaken, Earnshaw has two penalty kicks, two off of defensive turnover mm-hmm. blunders, and then two sort of from open play. Right. 
so one today, and I think if the other one was Philadelphia on the road, mm-hmm. and more Ashton Morgan sort of lofted it over the top, right. lofted it over the top. Right there, you go. Which um, is strange. Well, we'll get into that, but for a guy of his size to get those goals, to get yeah, that kind good. of goal. But let's look at it. Wasn't Toronto who opened the scoring? It was DC United. Mm-hmm. It, it, this is you know this is the nature of East Side Stand Up, the way that we set up the podcast and look at it, and you know people might listen to this with some frustration because they can. They can be watching going on MLSoccer.com where they can be seeing whatever replay and whatever we're talking about. But I really couldn't see definitively on any of the replays. And we I opened it on my we phone and we saw the NBC. At least four different type of replays on on TSN2 and through M, uh, uh, NBC. Yeah. And none of them, not one of them, could definitively say that, that, that he made any real contact. Enough that he would fall. And the way he fell, I don't know who the player was. Dillion. Dillion. The way he fell, just totally, so, you can totally see. I've Trying seen Gareth Bale get carded for diving, and it didn't look anything like that. Like, that looked like he completely dove. I think it was an awful dive. He sold it. Even acting was awful. Yeah. Because it just, there's something about, for me, again, if I, unless I've mistaken it, the angle that Agbosamonde came in, like, for him to kind of, spill forward mm-hmm. like it would have had to been clear that he took out the bottom of his legs which right. I, if I watch his replay I didn't see he it didn't touch him. but if he's coming in if he's hitting him on his shoulder or yeah. in his leg from the angle that he came in if I, I would think he would have been spun yeah. more than dove straight forward sure. and or that stumble been, yeah the way they would go those guys were going he just went right down and it's just I just kind of and also just thought you know at that stage of the game the, for the ref to call it like that on something, it's just instantly. Like, he goes and points yeah. to the spot. Doesn't consult with the linesman. No. Nothing like that. I just, you know, it's just frustrating. Or it's, even if he had that, just put it behind the line because it could arguably have been behind the bottom. Bo- yeah, why not? And it's just, I mean, it's, and it, this could be something as Toronto FC supporters, we're just getting hypersensitive about where it's just like, well, here seems we go. It's always happen. Yes. But it's, you know, what else can you say? John Carver quit because of <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's just like, it happens. I think. I think Ryan Nelson. You're seeing the, the. It's tedious for him. I've seen him argue with the fourth fourth official consistently. It's yeah. just like, and he's shaking his head. And the like, seventeen year old fourth official. Yeah. Wow. That was. Like, you <laughs> that know, was a baby strange. face on that guy. Yeah. Where did unbelievable. Where get that guy from? Yeah. High school. Well, straight yeah. out of high school. Maybe the MLS. That's where they get all the refs. He wrote his last exam that's on right. Friday. Well, now we're gonna do it, mom. Now he can coach. A, now he can stand on the sidelines uh, of an MLS match. But Nelson is getting tired of it. We're all getting tired of it. But it always happens. It always is these ridiculous. And we sweat. Second half. Was it Earnshaw that was involved? Being we thought he might have been brought down on the box, and it was no call. Yeah, it was. It was a little bit. It was pretty soft. It would have been a bit of a stretch. But yeah. again, but who knows what he can do? So we're down. Di Rosario steps up, scores a does, second goal. Does of the, the chicken year. dance? Does yeah. And uh, no we're down one nil. And you know, I gotta say, oh. feeling pretty, feeling pretty low at huh. that point. And you're just like, shit. I didn't see the game kind of unraveling like that. I would have expected maybe us getting a goal and a tie yeah. and then getting ahead. But to Toronto FC's credit, you know, it wasn't really that much longer that, uh, you know, there wasn't a whole heap of action. And no, then and DC, and DC didn't really come out off that goal and really heap any pressure on Toronto. No, no, not really at all. Um, but we have it at the 30th minute, sort of, not out of nowhere, but I mean, Caldwell steps up to the ball and just lofts in. Yeah. Roughly like a 40-yard, 35-yard yeah. ball. And Earnshaw's behind the defender. Poor defender. Awful defender. Yeah. And Earnshaw gets ahead on it. It's all it takes. 
towards net, hits the post, and goes in. Yeah, great goal. And all of a sudden, we're like, holy shit. We couldn't believe it. Yeah. We couldn't believe it. 1-1. But we still felt like we were losing, didn't we? (laughs) We were talking about it, like, we're tied. But But it was, like, the the game wasn't one where it was, like, all this, it wasn't like we were piling on the pressure through possession and through beautiful plays and whatever. It's just like, oh, we got this one-off goal. Shit, where's the next one? But it came through two words that I've never, we never speak about with Toronto FC. Set piece. Yeah. When has that ever happened? It's pretty rare. Super rare. Yeah. You know? Uh, I can think of all through the years. I think it was 2010 was one year that really stood out to me when Nick LaBroca was our set piece specialist. <laughs> where I just, I couldn't, oh, it still makes me mad thinking about it. Where it just was like, what the fuck was Precky thinking? Being like, this is my guy that's going to. Who knows what Precky was thinking, just period. Just has no clue how to deliver a ball, and I'm just going to waste yeah. umpteen... Yeah, 2010, the year of the no clue. Yeah. That's what that was. Especially after we had Guevara. Yeah, before, that's who was right. Just like a set, just a specialist. Yeah, but he's, and he's just the special one yeah. for that. Yeah, I mean, Lobo. We haven't had that since. No. So, I mean, but it's really great to see. And that that's... An, maybe they've been working on that kind of stuff, and that's... Not much later. Ten minutes later, the 40th minute... All of a sudden, another free kick. Off a set piece. Yeah, an off a set piece. An own goal. We were saying, yeah. you know, whoever celebrates the most should get credited with the goal, which was Caldwell. Yeah. Uh, Steve Caldwell. St- celebrates the most. Looks like they were going to give it to him, but it was actually uh, DC United. Yeah. Headed in their own goal. And holy shit, we're up 2-1. to one. Unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. And at this point, I'm thinking, okay, maybe we'll win 4-3. Maybe it went three two. I could have never had imagined at the fortieth minute that this scoreline would have carried through. Yeah. But and it sure as hell did. Miraculously, it did. I mean we, we go through we get into the half. And the one thing that when we go into the second half, I was actually surprised that Toronto didn't sort of employ a strategy from there in to kind of send more balls in over the top. Mm-hmm. Now I don't mean like a long ball per se. Yeah, because that never works. But you know, working in the cross, working in the you know the balls out wide, and getting Osorio yeah. on via to sending in balls from that sort of final third of the pitch. They didn't really do that, and that's something where it may have been wiser to bring in Brokey a bit mm-hmm. earlier to get Brokey yeah, and Coberman on at the, the same time. Minute. I thought that was a bit strange, perhaps. That, yeah, Coberman really should have come on. Yeah, I thought the game against Philadelphia. I didn't think he should have come on. And in our podcast, well, it was Steve, it was a home game, and I think they wanted a sentimentality to yeah. gotta get him with the fans and show he's back. Yeah, but I think even Steve though and I, Steve and I bit our tongue in the podcast because I yeah. think we were both thinking it, but we wanted to kind of just say yeah, it was really moment. great to see him, and it was this big moment. But then we both said we thought Brokey played better, and I kind of was saying I think it was a mistake. And they probably should have. But left. they're not the same type of player. I think if you team them up, Brokey and Cooperman, Brokey and Cooperman together, and we should, Brokey didn't really prove it today. Uh, he kind of was meandering into that, into this, into in front of the box a little more, and wasn't really throwing those crosses in. And he's if he's going to play ten and fifteen minutes, he really should be focused on those crosses. He showed he proven with us that Osario goal last week or two weeks ago that he really could do it. Yeah. And uh, and but with Cooperman's up top, think about the height. He's not going to get that shit with Ermshaw. So get those two guys on. Brokey came on first, and then Cooperman should have come on last as a final one for the last six seven minutes. I mean, you get him in there. He's if he's going to be a starter, which I would hope he's going to be yeah. in about a month or six weeks. Yeah. Then it's not a lot of time. So get him out playing. Yeah, but I think I think there's another side of that coin where it's like. We saw what happened last week. Mm-hmm. Let's 
let's go back and I think last week it was a mistake putting Coverman's in. And if if we're looking at this game up a goal mm-hmm. in that final twenty minutes of the game, you gotta learn from your mistakes. Yeah. Don't don't keep repeating the same thing, hoping for a different result. Right. Right. And I so think that's that, insanity. Yes. So I think <laughs> welcome to Toronto. <laughs> uh, and I think that's what we saw was that it was like you know what let's Mitch make sure we get the win, and once we maybe get a little romantic. Yeah, get but a that's few, fucked us so many times. Get that hold up, hold shore. I mean, they must be working on some special defense stuff because, I mean, it's, I think it's DC's DC's fault that they didn't pressure enough. And we've seen how much teams pressure. Look at Philly; they just pressure enough, and they have a soft goal and pressure the defense enough. The defense will break. Yeah, but I, you have to you have to also I think recognize too. I mean, Philadelphia is a team that Jack McInerney, who's the leading scorer in the league, Connor Casey, who's just a career poacher, yeah, Sebastian Latou, who can both score goals and set them up. And we're against DC United, who scored six goals this year, and yeah. they scored their seventh one. But Casey of PK. was pretty held in check most of the time he was on. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I didn't see him being a threat at all. No, but it's but you're saying but the he's threat a critical is there. finisher. Yeah, the, yeah. The finish, you give Kate, Connor Casey a chance in the goal, he's going to score. I wish he'd stay for Toronto, right? Well, I mean, that was what? what Where did you get that from? I'm bringing up skeletons. Bringing up something from 2007, the first month of 2007. It's like... What could have been, Mom? I could have been a contender. Move on. Shit. Move on. Oh, move on. I can't move on. I can't move on. Not in this fucking team. still holding on your first girlfriend, Andre, from when you were 17? What the fuck? I did not date at 17. Yeah, me neither. Dated... Never mind. Pamela Anderson. But, every anyway... But he mixed. I, mean, I think he should have mixed it up. Kuverman should have come on. You're right. I just short up, short up, short up. But yeah, but it worked this time. But how many times is it not going to work? Well, it's a, but not, that's that's where he can change it up. It's just like don't. What always, did he do differently? What he put Reggie fucking Lamb on. He didn't put Kuverman's in. That's no, what he did no, differently. No, I know. But you're right. But he. No, oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. So he shorted it up. Right. But okay, I get what you're saying. All right. So but right. The, we can. We're on point now. There's two I things that we're yeah. gonna talk down the last half. I mean, the first thing I actually think we should mention because I've wrote. I wrote three times with an exclamation mark. Bendik, Bendik. Bendik. You know, he made. He made some. He played well. I mean, once again, his distribution was. Yeah, he's got to work on that. Hit and miss. He's got to remember who his players but he's are. Just, uh, the, and that who that Di Rosario goal. He had he had the right line. He was just you know. I think he went. He was thinking it wasn't going to be along the ground. No. He kind of went over it. But uh, he made some great saves down the stretch. He made a great save on Dero down the yep. stretch, where as Vic Ratter, the gas pedal. Yeah. <laughs> Try to gas pedal it by. You tried to gas pedal by him, but he was there for the save. Yeah. And then De Leon, whether it took a bounce on the grass before it, I mean, he it looked like he would have he cut the angle down mm-hmm. on that De Leon shot. So. Oh, it also looks like Bendix going to be our our goalie for quite some time. Yeah, it? well, I wish I wrote down my Latin word for the for trade. It was uh, and I think the definition negoti- is Stefan Fry. Yeah, Stefan Fry and Danny Califf. Uh, Maybe on the way out. They just can't seem to get healthy. And how are you going to trade these guys if they never fit? Yeah. This, is what, this is the catch-22. The, t- the teams he's saying, oh, he's sick or he's hurt his hamstring or he's got a sore back. And it's yeah. just like, well, how are you guys going to trade them if they're always injured? <laughs> right? Like, or never played them so they don't get more injured. Yeah. And then the other thing that we kind of were chitter-chattering about was not super thrilled about the substitutions. I mean, we can't really lament about it too much because yeah. at the end of the day... And they won the game. We did get the result. That but means, we wouldn't be TFC fans if we couldn't criticize and critique every little move. Yeah, because, I mean, you see uh, Reggie Lamb come in for Convy and we know... We've Bobby Convy had an all right game. It wasn't great. But Not it wasn't a great bad. game, but it wasn't bad. No, it was. he was fine. 
Yeah. Right? But yeah. it's just like, I'll take I, we it. know that Ryan Nelson really likes Reggie Lamb. Uh, we know that I do not like <laughs> Reggie Lamb. I just think he's just been so absent. He's, he's, he's a I mediocre mean, player and... And, and I, it's, I know, Steve, like Steve likes him, but I think Steve is still holding on to like the two games from last year <laughs> that he was, the Chicago game, right? Last year he scored yeah, those two goals. That's right, he did. But all, not only, yeah. but it's like memories. Well, Rohan, what's he done for me lately? Rohan Ricketts scored exactly. two goals against Col- uh, Colorado. If we, I'm not mistaken, we all know this game is about what have you done for me lately? What so, have you done for me now? Yeah, well, yeah. What are you doing for me right at this moment? Who cares what you did? You but, know, unless I, you're a hero and you retire a hero. I think. Reggie Reggie Lamb has had one good game. I yeah. If I'm not mistaken, it was against Houston, but it still wasn't resulting in goals. He just was but he's young enough that he he's gonna have a decent career. I think he's he's not gonna go away the dodo. But he, he I don't I don't know. think he's a TFC player that we should be keeping in at on our roster at all. But yeah. and then we see whatever. we already mentioned Brokey. Brokey comes in for Earnshaw. Yeah, I wish he came in earlier. Seventy fifth minute, 80th minute's too late. Yeah. So he was right there, and then right at the like the last couple minutes, or shortly after, Daryl Russell comes in, and we mentioned the card that yeah. he got that was a little and, suspect. And Di Rosario barking off the off the sideline. Yeah, he went off, but he was actually injured. But the last thing that was another load of shit was a five minutes of injury time. Wow, how stupid where? is that? For like, where nowhere, so no like, injuries. I would love someone to tell me. What happened in that God, second? When you we're going back min- to the ref question again. When you see five MLS minutes of injury refs. time, who who went down? Nobody, nobody for any consecutive amount of time. The guy who got the guy who got the headbutt, but he didn't blow the whistle. No, he didn't. He play continued, continued play on, and then the guy went. Right yeah, but on. that was that just before it was. That was just before they put the five minutes up. Yeah, maybe. You're so right. that had nothing to do with it. Nothing. It's bogus. There's it's no total fights. bogus. There's no fights. There was nothing. It was like, rid- that second it, half pretty much ran and like clockwork. It went almost. It went six minutes to be honest. Yeah. That was bad. Because of the injury, the head injury. And then he moved off. Yeah, you're and right. And DC United were playing on, on 10 men for three minutes. And Toronto still defended. I get it. But you still have a man advantage. Make, and they haven't made really heavy changes. Yeah. You know, best of defense is an attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Andre, but you know, we, got th- we got through it. We got three points. Two to one. Wow. We get the win. First win in, the, as you, in 11 and it, games. And as you can, I mean, at this point, we've obviously gone through the whole game with the whole podcast. I mean, it, this isn't one where we're gushing and we're, no. and we're sort of patting we're each other hesitantly on the back and we're, and we're jumping up and down and celebrating. We're still finding some things to nitpick. I don't think it's nitpicking. I think it's. I think they're all valid concerns, valid criticisms. Yeah. And, and the things that we praise are valid. They get excited. I mean, I'm pretty, I think I'll look back and be like, yes, Robert Earnshaw scored a goal. Mm-hmm. That is a good sign. His contract is extended, if I'm not mistaken, through the end of the year. Right. So he'll be on for the rest of the season, and hopefully, if he can get four, if he gets ten goals on the year, yeah, I think that's that's a bonus. Mm-hmm. Like that's a plus. I mean, that's a, I would look back on that and say that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. So he's on track. Right. Uh, we're not even at the halfway point. We'll get a couple more games in before then. If he nips one or two, then then through the end of the year, yeah, maybe he'll have 10, 12, 13 mm-hmm. goals, and that's mm-hmm. that's a huge positive. Right. Uh, and finally, you know, we get that elusive second win in the MLS season that I think has really been lingering over us. We didn't have a stretch until the Philadelphia result. I mean, you're looking at that that streak, that losing, sorry, the winless streak. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, it was starting to feel like 2012, yeah. whether it's the Mariner era or the, or the Vinter era. I mean, it was feeling just as dismal. Yeah. I'm curious to see the post-game interviews. Hopefully, and you know what we noted too is that you even saw that 
uh, Ryan Nelson. You know, he wasn't ecstatic. No. It was, no, I think, the very subdued. Was, yeah, I think the, the, it was more relief yeah. than that anything. That they didn't give up a goal. Yeah, I'm sure he's still nervous about that. Yeah. Because the team, I think if it was a better team, who's to say? Who knows? Yeah, and but, I think he probably will look back at it and say, I'm happy with the result. But I think he can look at that and say, hmm, you know, we were playing the wor- one of the worst teams, if not the worst team. They are the worst team in the league, actually. It probably wasn't as clinical as any of us would have liked uh, our team to be playing. Yeah, but it wasn't shoddy, and it, they didn't. It wasn't laughable. I watched Japan play Brazil today. <laughs> that was laughable. So it was bad. Eh? It was awful. I've never. Um, I, I'm, well, a, I'm followed- a Japan national team supporter, and that was a humiliating game for me to watch. And I was talking to my friend Dan in Tokyo. And it was just like, you know, Neymar wasn't covered. And he's like, who can cover Neymar? I go, well, someone should cover Neymar because he's... Someone should try. Should try. And <laughs> that goal, you know, it was a gorgeous goal. We're obviously not a Japanese national team podcast. But I will say <laughs> Toronto played way better than Japanese national team. They actually went in there. They had some stand-up tackles. They got some cards. They made a go of it. Yeah. And that's all that matters. Yeah, you know, I think we could... I could probably, when I look back on this game, you know, maybe... Uh, I'm still not a huge fan of Richter in terms of consistency. Yeah. But there really wasn't too many people out there that I could look at and be like, oof, like they were, that was a bad game yeah. for so-and-so. Yeah. I think a lot of guys were overall, like had, you know, Hall had a decent game. He had a couple of like groaners. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Laba. Mm-hmm. Um, Reggie Lamb's always, we, you know, we talked yeah, about him. He was so. a bit, just, you know, he was a bit invisible. Yeah. Even Convy, who had a really good game last week, I wouldn't say had a great game this week, but I mean, neither here nor there. Yeah. And even, you know, Silva had his moments where he was good yeah. and, and he was like disappeared for stretches. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we, we walk away with the result and, you know, we look ahead to Houston uh, next week, which mm-hmm. will always be a tough game. I and mean, we did well against them here. And it seems to be, that seems to be the pattern that Houston comes up here. And I think there's only one time where we've, they've really sort of schooled us. But when they've come up to Toronto, we've done well. And now mm-hmm. we're going down there. Mm-hmm. And we've had mixed results there. I mean, last year that was, that was a big one. That was one of uh, Mariners' first games, mm-hmm. and three-three was the finish. If I'm not mistaken, we were up three to one at one point, and they came back. And a little segue, because uh, one of the highlights from that game was uh, the the term that we coined with Dan Rouse uh, was Air Terry, <laughs> Air oh, Terry right. attacking midfielder. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think the last little bit of this podcast, sad we, news, we should say is, uh, you know, the last time there was about a 10-day break for Toronto FC, we brought some players in, but this time, we let them go. Hogan Ephraim. (laughs) Hogan Ephraim gone. And uh, Terry Dunfield, given his walking papers. Yeah. Pro uh, or con? uh, Some people will say pro. I liked I He grew on me. You know how much I disliked him. But I, I will say that he grew on me, and you're, you kind of helped me with that. I was looking at him a little more critically, and I, I think he became more of a leader on the pitch in his own way. Uh, and I am, I'm sad to see him go. Yeah, and you know, I find we're, I'm guilty of it a lot of the time, that I think sometimes a player comes to Toronto FC, and in those first few games, you know, the opinion is, is like it's, it's forged and cemented, and it's so hard to change it. You know, Ty Harden's a guy who I know a lot of people, uh, we did it here. And it would be really hard to give him props for a half-decent game. Yeah. I think I think Terry Dunfield was a very but serviceable player. But, you know, he got that raise this year. And I think when they're look, crunching the numbers. Yeah. 
and it's are you obvious. Worth, are you worth the money? Yeah, and it's obvious. Is OD worth the money? Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about that in weeks to come. I don't want to segue quite into that, but I mean, mm-hmm. there's a couple guys. Eckersley, six figures. Eckersley yeah. is a guy who uh, can I doesn't, say doesn't mind having a pint here. Can and there. I say Why I've not? seen him twice in the last two and a half months. One is one of the dog and bear watching the Manchester United clinch the title, and once walking home at two in the morning. I lived over near the X exhibition gates, and he was walking with his girlfriend, drunk out of his mind. Witness, seen it, yeah. talking about Manchester yeah. with people. How? And he's not limping. So, uh, if he's got time to go and party, why doesn't he have time to train and get with the team? I, I don't know. But all I'm saying is that what I've visually seen with my own eyes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't know. I mean, he. He may not be match fit. But is he, he even walk. playing with the team anymore? Is he part of the team? Is he moved? Well, to, has he decided to quit the team and become be a reco- lawyer in Toronto? I don't supposed know what. to be recovering. Oh, okay. From sure his, is from the injury he got from celebrating a goal. <laughs> <laughs> but back, hey, back to yeah, Terry Dunstan. Because here, you know what? Here's one thing that I think I I will share about Terry Dunfield and why you know I th- I I never had really an issue with him and, and was a guy that I always rooted for and you know people who obviously are, are familiar with Red Nation Online know that. You know, for a two-year period, you know, we were colleagues and associated with Paul James, who was the national team coach for the U-20s. And, you know, without, I'm not going to divulge too much in terms of, like, personal stuff, but, I mean, he would, he would tell us about players from when he was a coach and the ones that he liked and he didn't like uh, and who he, who he would say is good and had good character and, and a good work ethic. And he did say about Terry Dunfield when, you know, when he was 19, 18, 19, playing at Manchester City and was you know highly touted he'd already been capped he'd already not capped but he already played for the england mm-hmm. uh, u18 team at that point it looked like he was a certain to move on to play for the u20 team in england he was if i'm not mistaken he was captaining the captaining the reserve side at man city uh, just got his first game uh, for the for the senior team everything looked to be going his way and uh this was just on the heels of losing owen hargraves mm-hmm. uh to england so there was a lot of pressure, and uh, they went full out to get Dunfield to commit to Canada, and they eventually were able. I think once they got to qualifying, he said he would do it. Mm. So once they qualified, Dunfield said he was on board. And of course, I mean, he coached him, and he and he did say, yeah, he was cocky. Mm. You know, he had, his attitude wasn't great. He was very immature. But the one thing he did say about him was at that point in time, and that team had some decent players, like and Canadians will know, like Mike Klukowski. Tiba Hutchinson was on that team, Julian de Guzman. But in that tournament, he said, Terry Dunfield was the only player who could stand sort of toe-to-toe right. at the international level mm-hmm. and compete against Brazil, yeah. Germany. I think it was Egypt was the other team. And not look out of place like the rest of the players mm-hmm. did. Uh, and then he goes through his career, and then, of course, we'd be privy to uh, Dunfield's career and how it unfolded, and it's sort of, it sort of uh, you know spiraled downwards because he had a serious injury in 2005. He didn't play for years. He was down in League Two. As the years went by, you know he speculated that when when Terry came back, he he noticed a, a distinct difference in the way that he handled himself in the media and the way he was talking with people, and, and sort of thought that he might have changed. Mm-hmm. And without uh, you know going into the details, uh, that was confirmed. And you know Terry did reach out and say and apologize for the type of person he was back when he was 19 and how immature he was and how he's learned and sort of just 
kind of just reaching Grew out. up. Yeah, and, and acknowledge. League to, Two will do that to too. his old coach. Yeah, I will, will, and, yeah. and acknowledge to his old coach saying, uh, "I didn't obviously didn't realize at the time, but I can look back and see how immature I was, right. and uh, I really appreciated that." You know, you stuck with me, and and it was one thing too was that he also played through that whole tournament injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that even though he was like that, there was that element in his character that he was, you know, he was willing to go out there and fight. Yeah. And I think we saw some of that with Toronto FC that his legs weren't what they were, but he still wanted to go out there and compete. And that's something that I always liked about him. At one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year, a guy that was realistically going to be coming off the bench or a substitute when one of those guys was injured, it's just not going to work. Mm. Um, I would like to throw out there that I would have rather seen Daryl Russell go yeah. than Terry Dunfield, to be mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. And I think Terry Dunfield has a story as a Canadian who's got, who had heaps of potential that looking at the kids in our academy, guys like maybe uh, Jordan Hamilton, who's got a, looks to have a bright future, you know, he's a guy that can maybe, if his head ever gets too big, there's yeah. someone there that can bring him back down to earth and yeah. be like, are you playing for Man City? I don't think so. Right. Is Kevin Keegan, your, the former World Football of the Year coach? I don't think so. Mm. So just... Keep that shit in check. Yeah, I mean, that's something that maybe TFC or the Canadian national team needs to look at, or and and maybe give him offer him some work. I mean, I I don't know how many more games he's going to be playing. You were saying that he'll probably get picked up by somebody else, but perhaps for the future. I mean, if the way you're painting him is such a in such a good light, which is now making me realize feel bad about how much I hated him, but (laughs) but I will say um, he impressed me with. With, come, with this season, what turned me around was him getting in shape. I mean, last season he was a little, little, doughy. little doughy, and then, <laughs> but, but I think that the off, the off season, etc., or the off season at the time, he and he worked on making himself look better, look fitter. I mean, I saw him playing in the first game. I was like, wow, he looks totally different. And he did go out there. He did go out there and try to and try to make a change uh, with this, with with more shit that was being thrown at him and the squad and the fans etc so yeah i will i will be sad to see him go i think that pretty much we've run the full gamut yeah. uh, it's a lengthy podcast yeah. a lot of things discussed but we're looking ahead next weekend to houston I'm sure we'll be back at the football factory then and uh, what do we predict here oh against houston yeah you know what i, I think if they they'd have to play better than tonight yeah. to get a result there um yeah and uh, I, I really can't see us getting a result in Houston. No. It, would, it would take a pretty monumental effort. And, and even if they don't, I'm not going to be bummed out because Houston's a good team. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the weekend after when they, we host Real Salt Lake, who they've, Salt Lake has traditionally not done well at BMO, where if we don't win that game, then I think I'll be back to where I was a few <laughs> weeks ago. Well, we'll see. Yeah, but on that note, we'll wrap it up here at Stanley Park Studios. And, Lovely night. Lovely. We can go home and... No skunks, just cats. Go home, watch a movie, watch a little UFC, whatever right. whatever floats your boat, a little more football, so to speak. No skunks, few cats, and uh, we got Andre. You are on the west side. I am on the west side. Spark at Clark RNO on the east side. Reach out to us at uh, Have Your Say Red Nation Online, and we will catch you guys in a week's time. Thanks for listening. Eastside Stand-Up is the only Toronto C-specific podcast breaking down the game right after it happens. We want you to be involved. Reach out to us on Twitter through hashtag ESSU or at Red Nation Online. You can email us at Have Your Say at Red Nation Online 
or info at Red Nation Online. Get into the discussion on Toronto FC through Eastside Stand Up and Red Nation Online. I understand him. They don't understand you. For you, I am.